Thanks for listening to the podcast from Old Town Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Old Town Church is passionate about making disciples for the glory of God in Old Town and around the world by inviting people to know the gospel, experience biblical community, and live on mission. If you're in the Rock Hill area, we invite you to join us for worship every Sunday. If you're not in our area, we encourage you to find a gospel-believing church near you. We hope this podcast is a blessing to you as we seek to follow Jesus and the grace of his gospel. Thanks for listening. Good morning. I'm Scott. I'm one of the elders here at Old Town Church, my wife, Amy. Uh, We're going to be reading in Psalm 19 today, if you'll read with us. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above reclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor any or their words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. Like a strong man runs, it courses with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from the heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. My name is Matthew. I'm one of the pastors here at Old Town Church. And uh, just a a reminder for us as we start off, when when we read scripture like that and we say, this is the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. It feels like this, oh, someone just kind of memorized something and said it. But what we're reminding ourselves is what Scott and Amy just read are the words of the Lord. And so when we respond, thanks be to God, we're saying thank you for your word that you have given us. And, and today, as we are in our second week of this Habits of Grace series, there's no better day for us to remind ourselves: this is the word of the Lord, thanks be to God, that we are thankful that he has given us his word. And so uh, we are in this series titled Habits of Grace, which we totally swiped from a book written by David Mathis. We're not preaching through the book. Uh, we just stole the title because we really liked it. And, and so, but that book is available in our lobby. And we think it's a great resource for you uh, to, to read through and work through and let that nourish your relationship uh, with the Lord. Um, so that's available out in the lobby if you wanna grab a copy of that. Um, but as we begin the new year, we're really just focusing a little bit what Katie was saying is like, how can we uh, invest in, in what the Lord has given to us and, and really present ourselves before him, cultivating these habits of grace. And so last week, Sean Baxter uh, worked through the passage that Katie just read through in 2 Corinthians 5 and talking about uh, that ministry of reconciliation, that we have been made new creatures in Christ. And it's because of that. So this is like the foundation of 
everything we're going to do. If, if we, in these next weeks, we talk about reading your Bible and praying and being a part of biblical community, if those are just like these things I need to try harder to do and check those boxes, it's going to be all legalism for you. You're going to do it all in your own strength. And so last week's sermon is this foundation for us to say, no, 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 no. We can pursue knowing the Lord more because he's made us new creations. We are in Christ. If we are found in him, this isn't just this stuff we do on our own strength. We have the, the strength of the Lord behind us pursuing him. And so it's on that foundation that we talk about pursuing the Lord through his word. And so church, I just want to begin this morning just by saying like we can approach knowing God with great confidence because we have the ability through Jesus Christ. And that's something that we celebrate this morning, this Jesus who is strong and kind that we just sang about. Now, I have a question for you. Uh, what do you think about this? Like when you, when you see this, maybe you brought your own copy of God's Word today. Maybe you've got it in digital form uh, on your phone. Uh, maybe you're just like, I know you're going to throw it on the screen, so I don't even bring anything. I'm good to go. Um, all of that's totally fine. Maybe for you, you're like, I don't even believe in this at all. I know it's this book that people read, but for you, just what do you, what's your personal thoughts on the Bible? Like, how do you approach this? What do you think? Has it been valuable to you in your life? Has it had impact on you in your own life? There is a, a study by uh, a group that, that came out recently. Trevor shared these stats with me. Uh, did you know that someone who reads the Bible four times a week is 59% less likely to view pornography. That, that someone who reads the Bible four times per week is 228% more likely to share their faiths with someone else. That they are 231% more likely to disciple someone else, to invest themselves in someone else. That they are 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. That, that this is the, the power of being in God's word, that there is great power in this book. But it's not just powerful because of the benefits that it offers us, but it's because the author of the book is inviting us to know him through it. And, and so today, what we're going to do is evaluate our appetite to know God and ask him to create a hunger in us to know him more specifically through his word. So here's our big idea for the day that God invites us to know him more by seeking him in his word. God invites us to know him more by seeking him in his word. Through the study of God's word, we can know him more. Now, that's not news to you. You didn't come to church like, whoa, man, amazing. Like, you just told me something I've never heard before. Like, you know that. But what, really what I want us to see and latch on to today is that he wants this for you. This is, this is something that he invites you into. You see, God spoke to us first. He initiated this conversation. You didn't start this. He initiated this conversation. God is, is revealing himself to us. He does that in his creation and through his word. And, and so what we're going to see today is that, that God wants us to know him. He has started a conversation with us that he's inviting us to join into. That we could not know God if he did not choose to reveal himself to us. But he has, and we're going to see in Psalm 19, 
the ways that he's done that. And so, so if we walk away with anything today, I, just, I would love for you to walk out of here saying like, what great grace in my life that the God of the universe has chosen to reveal himself to me. Like he's inviting me into a relationship with him. If you can walk away with anything, walk away with the amazement of that. But we're gonna read Psalm 19 and see exactly how he does that. And so in Psalm 19, and we'll, verses one through six, the first thing we're gonna see is that God reveals himself to us through his creation. That he reveals himself to us through his creation. And just notice as we read these first six verses, how God's creation uh, reveals to us who he actually is. It says, and I just want to say before I read this, like there's a cadence to this that helps us understand what the psalmist is saying even better. So hear this cadence as we walk through. Verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them, he has set a tent for the sun. The sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them. And there's nothing hidden from its heat. Now, what we see in these verses is that the heavens are declaring the glory of God. They're painting this picture of the glory of God. The sky proclaims his handiwork, that we can see in the sky and see what God has done, that day to day and night to night, that there's this continual rhythm, day to day, night to night, that there's this rhythm of God speaking, that there's this speech that pours out. And in that, his wisdom and his knowledge is revealed. And so basically, though there's not actual words being spoken, verse three and four are kind of weird. It's a, they're a little hard to understand when I first read them. There's no speech, nor are there words. And then later on, it says that there is speech and the speech goes out. But what it's saying is like, though the sky itself doesn't talk, though, though the waves of the ocean don't actually say words, that through those, God's speech is pouring out and revealing himself to us. And then it, it, the psalmist lifts up the sun as a, as a supreme example here in verse five and six, that the sun, it, it comes out and it, and it goes down in great power and splendor. That every day, and think about this, this is, I was thinking about this when I was preparing this, like every day, everyone on the planet experiences the brightness of the sun and the warmth of the sun. Now, if you're in Alaska, I guess you get a little bit less depending on the season, right? But you still get it, right? Like, Everyone on the planet daily experiences a rhythm of the sun coming up, going down, feeling, seeing the, the light that comes from it, feeling the warmth that comes from it. So what we see, and, and you see on the screen here, is that the heavens, the sky, day, night, the sun, all of these things, they declare the glory of God. They proclaim his handiwork. They pour out speech. They are communicating to us and revealing the great knowledge of God. And, and I want, even just in the examples that the psalmist uses here, I want us to see how he's, he's calling us to lift our eyes up. All right. Now we live in a world now where most of the time we are looking down. All right. It's just a reality. Okay. Most of the time as we engage through our life and I am so guilty, I'm not like shame on you guys. I'm, I'm constantly like got a spare minute. I'm like looking down at my phone, right? Got that blue glare on my face all the time. Right, we, we spend most of our life looking down on the psalmist, though he probably didn't know about smartphones at this point, is calling us to look our, our eyes up, to see the sky, to see the day and night, to see 
the sun, to look up to see the creator of the universe, that we are invited to look up and be amazed, to stare at the sunrise and see the beauty of the sunrise and the sunset, to look at the vastness of the sky and find that we are so small and the heavens are so big. And so this is what I want you to do for a second. I want you to close your eyes. No one's going to steal anything, or we didn't plan to steal anything. No guarantees. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself walking outside on a sunny day. Like, pretend you're at the beach. Some of you are still looking at me, which means you're cheating. Close your eyes. All right. You're at the beach. You're walking around. You can feel that, like, the, the warm sand on your toes. You can hear the waves of the ocean coming in and out and in and out. Maybe you can feel that breeze coming. And just imagine you're on the beach there and you close your eyes and you just, you just look up directly to the sun. Now your eyes are closed, so it's not going to burn your eyes, but, but you can in that moment feel the warmth of the sun on that sunny day at the beach, the, the warmth of the sun just, just pouring out on you. This is the creator God communicating to you. You can open your eyes now. That, that you're feeling that, that warmth, that it's, it's from the sun that he put there. That was his. He tells it to rise. He tells it to set. He pours out that warmth and radiates that light from that. He created that. And if you think that the brightness and the warmth of the sun is something, you should behold the glory of God. It is, it is just a mere shadow of his radiance and his beauty and his glory. God reveals himself to us in his creation. And so when we watch the wind blow, and you guys might not even know this, but a, a couple of years ago, uh, y'all gave me as a gift a wind chimes, okay? Uh, the church was like, hey, we love you. Here's some wind chimes. And for most of you, you'd be like, that's weird. But I love wind chimes, all right? Uh, because wind is my favorite weather, all right? Because you can, it moves things. You can feel it. There's something about wind that I love. And so wind chimes are, are the audible noise of the wind moving, right? And so I love that gift. And, uh, and so we, we think about that, that wind blowing, when the, the wind blows through the trees, when it catches those wind chimes, when, when we witness the rain watering the earth as we have recently, or see the birds in all their different colors. We were taking a hike at the Greenway last week and found this feather out in the middle of nowhere. Everything's brown and kind of gross looking because it's wintertime, everything's dead. And there's this bright yellow feather just there. And some bird was just flying along and this beautiful feather dropped off of it. Hopefully, I hope it didn't like get eaten. But anyway, like when we think about the birds and all of their color and all the different sounds and the noises that they make, all of these things are God revealing himself to us. He's putting his creativity and his glory on display for us to see. He, he's showing us his great power and his nearness to us and his provision for us. And the reason he is doing that is so that we would know him. He, he's inviting you to know him. He's showing you this to say, I'm here. I am here. Here, here's my beauty. Here's my creativity. Here's my glory on display that we would be in awe of him. He has made himself evident to us in his creation. And, and in Romans chapter one, Paul lo looks back at these verses multiple times actually in Romans, but he looks at these verses and says this in Romans 1, 18 through 20, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. These men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since what? 
the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. You see, God makes it clear that what can be known about him is plainly revealed to everyone through his creation, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature. This leaves men without an excuse for believing in him. We cannot deny that there is a God because he's made himself evident through his creation. This is how much he has revealed himself to us, that it should, it should stir our hearts when we see these things to say, there is something bigger. There's a creator to this. There's something behind what I'm seeing with my eyes. And so church creation points us to the great creator, the God who is revealing himself to us. And in adoring his creation, we always must make sure that we don't worship the creation over the creator. The creation is meant to point us to him. It's meant to reveal the beauty of the creator, his power, his goodness. Creation illuminates the creator to us. And this creator God has initiated a relationship with us by revealing himself to us. He is inviting us into relationship. He has started this conversation with us. You can know God personally. You can. Not just that person sitting next to you, not that older guy that you're like, I'm sure he's got it all together. He can probably know them. Not just the pastor, like you, where you're sitting this morning, you can know God personally. He has revealed himself to you in his creation. But not only does God reveal himself through his creation, God also reveals himself to us through his word. That's what we see in verses seven through 10 here. Now, really quick, uh, when I think about the fact that the author of this book has made himself known to us, like it blows my mind. And I think about like some of my favorite, like if you can for a second, think about like your favorite book to read. And don't say the Bible because you're in church. Like just think about like, what's your favorite book? Like there's a, a book series that I love called the Wing Feather Saga. I've talked about it a number of times. It's a kid's like fantasy book series, kind of like the Chronicles of Narnia, but way better, all right? And it's this, I mean, this four book series is, is amazing. I, there's certain parts in each book that I cry every time I read them, all right? And the cool thing about these books is they're written by this guy named Andrew Peterson, and he'll post videos of himself online where he like sneaks into bookstores and he'll like cut to a clip of him like reaching up on a shelf and grabbing one of his books and autographing it and like writing a note and then sticking it back on the shelf and then sneaking out of the bookstore. So someone's gonna go buy this book and realize the author has signed the book, all right? He's this sneaky little fellow, Andrew Peterson. But He's such an interesting, I would love to meet this guy. I would love to know the author of my favorite book series. Well, here's the deal. This guy's nothing. If he were here today, he'd be like, I'm nothing. Like, but the God who has given us this word, the author of this word is saying, I want you to know me. Here's my word. We call this the word of the Lord. All right. We call this God's word. It is a a spoken revelation of himself to us. We get to know the author. And, and so as we read verses seven through 10, listen to what the psalmist says in these four verses as, as he lifts up the great beauty and impact of God's word and how it reveals his character to us. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, 
enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. The, the, the words that are used right here for God's word don't immediately call us to excitement, if I'm just being honest, right? Like the way it refers to itself as like the law, the testimony, the precepts, the commandments, the fear, the rules. It's like when I say those words, you're like, Ooh. you know, like we're not immediately drawn to like, will someone please give me rules, all right? Will someone please command me to do something? Someone decree a law that I have to follow. Like, that's not our immediate reaction to things, right? Like, we, we typically run uh, counter, that's counterintuitive to us. We don't want laws and rules and commandments. But what I want to point out to us this morning, that the only thing that could make a rule bad is the one who's making the rule, right? Like, a, a bad person's going to make a bad rule. Uh, the, the only thing bad about a commandment is if the one giving it can't be trusted, all right, the, 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 uh, the only thing bad about a law is if there's a corrupt government making the law. That's why we don't like these things, because it's the one who's giving it. Like kids, students in here, like if your youngest sibling, if I gave them the authority to issue laws in your house, that would not be good for you, right? Like you would not like that if your younger sibling was like, I get to tell you what to do for a day, all right? That would not be good because the one giving the rule is not someone that you trust to do that. But here... What we know is that the great and perfect creator God is the one giving us these things. And in this case, these things are coming from God because they are coming from him. They're good things and they are meant for our good. This word is coming from God and because it comes from him, it reveals his character. It reveals his, his heart. If you spend enough time around me, what you hear me talking about is going to reveal what's actually inside of me. And that's going to be some combination of my family and tacos and Clemson football and the word of the Lord, right? Like that's going to be a combination of those things. Like that's going to come out of me that what comes out of us reveals who we are. Well, what's coming out of the word of the Lord here reveals his character to us. And this is how God's word reveals his character, that he is perfect, that he is sure, that he is right. I'm just reading the words from the scripture here, that he is pure that he is clean, that he is enduring forever, that he is true, and that he is righteous altogether. This is a description of God. And as a result, we can trust his word. We don't have to be scared of his laws. They're perfect. We don't have to fear his commands. They're pure. We don't have to despise his rules. They're, they're meant for our good. Think back to the garden when God was like, Adam, Eve, just not that one. All of these not that one, all right? He, he issued a rule that was ultimately for their good. And when they disobeyed that rule, it turned out not just for their bad, but for all of our bad as well. God's rules, his laws, his commands are perfect and pure. He has given us his word to guide us into freedom and joy. And often when we think about laws and commands, we think they restrict our freedom but ultimately what the Lord knows is that if you walk in the ways that I have designed for you, there and there alone will you find ultimate freedom and joy. Ultimately, what he wants for us is to delight in him and enjoy him. He knows what's best for us, and his word leads us to that. 
And so look at the description of the benefits of God's word, all right? Each verse, it, and I, I, in my Bible, whenever there's like lists like this, I highlight it, I get colored pencils out and I start coloring everywhere, right? And so for me, all of these things were listed. I, I colored them in orange in my Bible. The, the benefits of God's words that it revives the soul. Now think about something that needs to be revived for a minute. That there's this, this restoring us back from the hardships of life and the difficulties that we face that, that tear us down. When it feels like the trials of life have emptied us out, God's word revives our soul. Some of you came in this morning dragging yourself in here. Like you've had a week, maybe you've had a year. And you're like, I, quite honestly, I don't want to come. I don't even know why I'm here. And I sat down and I regretted being here immediately. Maybe that's you. That's fine. We're glad you're here. That each of us is coming in this morning with stuff that is just tearing us down. And I think what we'll find in, in the community of God and this people that there is encouragement. But what we see here in the scripture is that God's word revives our souls. That as we walk through these weeks and experience that just emptying out that he is there to bring back to life what feels is being poured out. It says also that it makes wise the simple, that there's great wisdom that we find in his word. It helps guide us through many situations in life that we're going to find. Now, I don't know if you've ever done the thing where you're like, I have a question and I'll just turn to scripture and see if it answered my question. It doesn't always work like that. So if you're like, I'll just look in the back and see if I can find a word that applies to like jobs. Um, like it might not, should I sell my house? magic eight ball, like, you know, flip the, it doesn't quite work like that. All right. But here's the beauty is that as we consistently interact with God's word, he is wisdom. So when he speaks, wisdom is what comes out and we interact with it and it makes us wise. It makes wise the simple. And I'm just here to inform you that that includes all of you. I'm calling you simple-minded. Yes. It's not an insult. It's just a reality for us that in compared to the great wisdom of God, we are simple-minded and we need his word for wisdom. It says also that it rejoices the heart, that at the very core of our being, there's joy and peace that we find in living in accordance with God's word. That, that we look so many other places for satisfaction. We look so many other places for, for that peace, just that something that's going to give us that like, okay, finally I can just settle and rest. And ultimately we find that in God through his word. And it says, also that it, it enlightens the eyes. It, it, God's word illuminates our vision in life. It gives us the, uh, the ability to see. And this verse will be familiar to you, but Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And often that lamp is so, so dim. I'm not saying God's word is dim. I'm just saying like, it's just that next step. Like a lot of times God's not like, here's your next 10 years. Got it laid out for you. Here's everything you need to do. A lot of times it's like, here's the next step I want you to take. It, it, it's a, a lamp unto my feet. I can see where my feet are going. It's a light into my path and I can just take that next step and take that next step and take that next step. God's word illuminates that for us. So God reveals himself to us through his word. And there, there are such great benefits that we just covered to knowing and following his word. But all of that leads the psalmist to declare in verse 10, this, this phrase that God's word is more to be desired than gold, even much fine gold, and sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. There's two things in this verse I just want us to focus on. We've got gold and honey. 
right? We've got like the most valuable substance and like the, a really, really sweet, maybe the sweetest substance. And, and so we first see that God's word is to be treasured, more to be desired than gold. There's this guy named Mr. Beast. He's a YouTuber. I don't know if any of you follow YouTube very much, all right? But there's this guy, Mr. Beast. His name is Jimmy. It's not his actual name. But he goes by Mr. Beast. He's got this channel. It's like everyone follows it, billions of people, I guess. And he makes tons of money because people watch the dumb videos that he makes, all right? Uh, but the reality of it is, is that in his videos, he gives out, they do these like competitions, and he gives out literal hundreds of thousands of dollars to the winners of these competitions, all right? So you could just like like his channel and you might enter yourself into a drawing for 10,000. I mean, it's like crazy, right? So this is what this guy does. This is how he earns his, his living. And uh, so he's given out, I mean, $500,000 for someone who can keep their hand on a car the longest. I mean, it's weird stuff, right? Uh, he gave someone a private island, okay? I don't know what use you have for that, but you got a private island. Like he gives these things away. And the allure, the, the reason people like this is the sense that an ordinary person like me or you can encounter extreme wealth very quickly because there is this benefactor. He's like Willy Wonka, uh, just like giving things out. All right. And, and so, uh, in fact, I think he did this golden ticket thing. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is this, all of our desire for money all of that like frenzy around following this guy's channel. So you, maybe you can get some of his hundreds of thousands of dollars. All of that is in the pursuit of this contentment that we think comes with riches. And our psalmist here is telling us that God's word is more valuable than that because it actually satisfies. I guarantee you, if we could have Jimmy Donaldson, I think is his name, come up here and hang out with us today, we would, in an honest conversation, begin to realize there is an emptiness that he is trying to meet. And ultimately, what God's word is telling us is that, that this is to be more desired than all the riches. Than all, it's more valuable than that. This is a, a treasure for us to behold. And it feels, I've got 10 copies of this in my house, a lot of them collecting dust. And so it makes it feel like less than it is, but what's in here is a treasure for us to value more than gold. And, and also beyond that, that I think as he's talking about sweeter than honey, that it's something for us to be enjoyed, that we can enjoy this. Now, I don't know if you've ever had honey straight off of the comb, and you might hate honey, so this thing just drops on you. You're like, I don't care about honey. Get that away from me. But uh, Mr. Andy Lewis over here one time sent a honeycomb home with my, my kids had been at his house, and they brought a honeycomb back. I don't know if that happens to you often. That was a first for us. And so we're at home, and there's probably cleaner ways to do what we did because there's probably like bee parts and everything. But we were just like scraping it off and eating it, all right? And you're like, well, that's kind of chewy, a little waxy. But man, the difference between honey that's been in contact with oxygen and been cleaned up and all that and what's straight off of the comb, there's a different richness to it. And it might be bee legs, but regardless... But the, the thing that the psalmist is telling us here is that God's word satisfies us in that same way. In the same way that honey is, is sweet and it has medicinal purposes and it's, it makes bitter things taste better, this is what God's word is for us, that it satisfies us in that way, that not only do we desire it more than gold, but it, it satisfies us as with the, the sweetest of honey. It's something for us to be, to enjoy. 
God has given it to us for our good and for our delight. That this is something that we can delight in because the creator God is speaking to us. And so a question for us this morning, how would you describe your desire for God's word? Think about it for a second. I'll give you just a minute. How would you describe your desire, your, your hunger to be in God's word? Now, this is not a question for shame. So if you're feeling shame, like, oh, it's not what it should be, shame on me. That's not the purpose of this, all right? We got no room for shame up in here. Jesus Christ doesn't leave room for that, all right? Here's the reality for you. It's not a matter of shame for us this morning, but more just priority. If we're like, you know what? I actually believe that this is to be desired more than gold, that I actually think this is something I can delight in. Instead of feeling shame for what you haven't done, let's forget all that. Let's look forward and say, okay, how can this be something that has a greater priority in my life in the days ahead? What does it look like for me to pursue this in a way that I would pursue those riches, in a way that I would look to be satisfied in something? How can I look to this to be satisfied? If all that we've just learned about God's word is true, then how can we prioritize knowing God through his word? How could that impact how you get up in the morning, when you get up in the morning? How could it impact what you dwell on during the day or in that moment just for me where I'm like, did any new recruits commit to Clemson football in the last 10 minutes? No. All right. Like this is how you might not identify with this. I don't know what your thing is, but like this concept, Abby gets me. I know I saw you smiling. Okay. Anyway, Clemson fan here. So how does it impact what we dwell on during the day? How does it impact what you, the last thoughts that you're thinking as you go to bed at night, or if you're older like me and you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, what do I do now? You know, it's like, if God is speaking to us and we want to prioritize that, how does it actually take priority in our daily life? The God of creation, listen to this, the God of creation is allowing us to know him through his word. So when you walk outside today, even in here, when you take a breath, which you just did, and you just took another one, the one who gave that to you wants to know you. And one of the ways that he's revealing himself besides his creation is through his word. He's allowing us to know him. And in his word, we find such great benefits. And then finally, in verses 11 through 14, we see that God uses his word to transform us. All right, now I've read and listened to a lot of audiobooks. Like I've read some books and then I've listened to some audiobooks, and some of y'all are like, that doesn't count. Audiobooks don't count as reading books. But it doesn't, in, in my book, it does. All right. So I've read and listened to a lot of books over the last couple of years. Historical nonfiction is like my thing. Like, I've learned so much about the founding of our country and former presidents and uh, the rise of the Nazi party and like World War II has been like fascinating to me. So I'm like currently listening to a book that I just like, whoa, this is amazing. I've, I've gained so much like, knowledge and information about a lot of these subjects. And the difference though between all of these books and the word of God is this, that God's word doesn't just inform us, it transforms us. Like these books I'm reading don't transform me, but this book right here, this book is living and active. Like we're meeting with the God of the universe when we open this. And so when we do that, it's transforming us. It changes us. 
There is power. When you open this up and you start reading, God's word, God's word is not returning void. You're in this. He's changing you through that. It's living and active. It changes us from the inside out. And so God uses his word to transform us. And so we see in, in verse 11 through 20, it says, Moreover, by them, and this, but the them is your word, his commandments, by them is your servant warned. And keeping them, there's great reward. Who can discern his errors? Rhetorical question. Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Just real quickly here. All right. It says, through his word, we are warned. All right. It's, it says, who can discern his errors? Here's the reality. And you've been around people long enough to be like, I see something in you that you can't see because you're blind to it because you're the one in it. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're in something, you can't see it really accurately for yourself. That's why we need other people around us. And so the psalmist here is like, who can discern his errors? It's hard for us to actually see the sin that we're walking in because we're in it. And so not only do we need community, which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks, people walking alongside us to lovingly point those things out, but God's word reveals that to us as well. It helps expose the truth of what's actually in our hearts. And in verses 13 and 14, I love, these are prayers. Like if you just want to like have a prayer, you're going to pray from scripture, uh, pray verse 13 and 14. These are so good. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. These are ones that we willingly do. Now, I don't know about you. Sometimes I willingly choose. I'm like, God, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. And that's arrogant and that's gross and saying it out loud feels really bad right now, but it's just the truth. That I walk through my days and I know God is calling me to something and I choose to do something else. It's a presumptuous sin. It's an arrogant sin. It's a, a sin that you're willfully choosing to do. And so the psalmist is saying, keep back your servant from those things. Let them not have dominion over me. And the beauty is if you're in Christ, those no longer have power over you. Sin no longer has power over you anymore. So when we pray that kind of prayer as a believer in Christ, there's power to that. And, and then in verse 14, he closes with this, with God as his rock and his redeemer. And here we, we remember that God is our redeemer, that he has purchased through his son, Jesus, redemption for us, something that we could not do on our own. And, and because of that, we're forgiven of our sin. We're restored into relationship with God for eternity. And in that relationship, you can know God. You can, you can know him and pursue him through his word. And, and I just want to wrap up this section real quick, because we're just talking about how God's word transforms us and not spending a ton of time on that this week. But this, this verse that's familiar to you in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Like this is God's word is valuable for the, it's useful for those things, this transformation. It says that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That God in his word transforms us in such a way that like Katie began our service with, that then what's happening is 
They're good works that he has prepared for us in advance that then we go live out in our lives. And so this transformation is not just something that happens internally and then we hoard it to ourselves, but it comes out of us as a ministry that the Lord does through us. And so God in his goodness to us has given us his word as a tool of transformation as he makes us more and more like Jesus. And so church, back to our, our big idea here, God invites us to know him more by seeking him in his word. Church, you have a treasure right here. This is like more valuable than gold. This is a treasure that the, the God of the universe has given to you. And so the question is, how will you respond to God today? He's initiated a conversation with you. He's, he's opened up this conversation by revealing himself in his creation. He's opened up this conversation by giving you his word, inspired by him. He reveals himself to us in his word. We get to know him. And so church, if God is doing that, and we can know him through his word, then we, Old Town Church, this is a call out to us, not just random people, like this faith family, we need to be a people in God's word like in his word, immersing ourselves in his word. We're about at the end of January, we're gonna start a series in 1 Timothy, and it's, it's all about false teaching. There's a lot of practical things along the way, but how do we know what's false if we haven't studied what's true? How do you know I'm even telling you something that's true right now? Like, don't believe me, don't take my word for it. Check everything I say against this. I am not more valuable than gold. This is, this is, this is the word of the Lord. And so if God's doing that, how can we be a people in the word? Now, that might be a little intimidating at first. Like if, if you're like me and you're like, well, this is a big book and I've picked it up a couple times, it does not make sense. All right. I get you. I hear that. This does take some work, but the work is worth it. Ask anyone who's put the work in, the work is worth it. And you don't have to start by like, all right, I'm going straight to Revelation. I'm going to figure out this beast thing going on, right? I would not start there, all right? We can help you with that. In fact, one of the things that we're doing as a church is, um, I can't, this is, my old eyes can't see this, but this is awesome, all right? And it's on our website if you need a blown up version, all right? It's just a 30-day challenge of, of reading God's word in the Psalms. It's like seven or eight verses a day. All right. And what we've done is we've broken it up into, if you've only got five minutes, do this. If, if you've set aside 15 minutes, you can do these things. Here's some questions to ask. Here's some steps you could take. If you've got 30 minutes, then, then here's another thing. We, we tried to make it accessible for you just in your flow of life, because what we want is for you to create that rhythm of reading. And so on the back, there's a reading plan. Again, seven or eight verses a day. Psalm 119, we're just going to read through some psalms together, and then we're going to ask some of these questions of ourselves. And so those are on your chair. There's more in the back. Grab these. Just get started, okay? Because it's intimidating to be like, I need to start studying the Word of God. I'll pick a book and study it. That's hard. Now, I want to say this very clearly. We're giving you this as an easy step. First step, take it. Grab someone else next to you. Be like, will you hold me accountable? Can we like text each other and be like, I did it. What'd you see? You know, Find someone to do that with. But if you're like, I would like for someone to teach me how to study God's word, do you realize that's like the thing we love to hear most? Like, 
as, as, as a staff, as, as small group leaders, anybody else who's in leadership here, like if someone is like, hey, I would like to learn to study God's word, we're like, <laughs> it's like Halloween for us. It's like candy, Whee! you know, like I just want to encourage you that not only do we would love to walk alongside you in that pursuit, but the God of the universe is with you there too. And he, by his spirit, will help you over time, putting in the work, understand his word more and more and more and more. He is that deep and he is that good. And so in him, in his word, we get to know him. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, oh man, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, I just, I've had seasons where it's just been so integral to my life. And Lord, times where I've, I've not valued it the way that I, that I know to. And so Lord, I just pray where each of us are, would you help us in our pursuit of you? And God, would you just, for each one of us in this room, Lord, I just pray by the power of your spirit that you would give us a greater hunger to know you through your word. God, do that work in us as a faith family. It's your name we pray. Amen.